Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is August 6, 2022. My name is Eric Pease and joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. Hello to you, sir. Hello. We got Mr. Tom Ragan. What's up, fellas? What's up? Well, and finally, joining us once again, Mr. Zach Foley. Hello, fellas. <laughs> oh, my God. God, button down the hatches, he's back. <laughs> And oh, boy, it, it's the post Mocon show, so. <laughs> Dickhead, make sure you close all the hatches. There's a shitstorm coming. It's so bad that you have to start the Factory Still Mocon show with lock up your children. And that's like a literal thing. <laughs> it's for their yes, own good. It's been how many years has it been since the Fist Eyes incident? That poor guy's still wandering around blind yeah, to the stair. For the, re- for the record, I am still afraid of going to that wall. Like we, we had lots of requests this time, and, and I was so like, you stark, should, so you stark, should be. stark now. <laughs> that Walmart was really close to our our hotel, and we actually drove further just to go to a different one. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> let's just not. But it's sort of but like I, I, can't go, to I can't go back there. I can't go back there. I'm the most wanted person in Walmart. It's sort of become a holy ground for Mocon. Like new people who join us. Hey, where's the? Where's the piss eyes Walmart? So we'll drive by it like from a distance while we're it's like, it's over there. You can see it over there. You can see it over the uh, the Chick-fil-A. It's over there. It's a, like a shrine outside to piss eyes. It's just some <laughs> bum sitting out there panhandling with a blindfold on. I have maybe great that fear is, of maybe going that there. Maybe that is piss eyes. I, I'm, I have great fear of going there because I'm afraid I'm going to walk in and like that kid has just abandoned all hope and it's like a Walmart janitor and has like a shrine to what he remembers of me. So, no, I'm not going there. Either that or he's taken up a job as a Walmart greeter in the hope of finding you again. It's like, surely this guy will come back. I'm going to get him. But he's like Daredevil. He stands there with like a blindfold over his face. That's who those people are. Holding his mop. And when he senses Zach, he just springs into action. He listens for me. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that shuffle. He stands outside the bathroom and just waits for the sound of that side saddle shit. (laughs) (laughs) I smell Oreo. I would recognize that plop anywhere. I smell mega stuff Oreos. In an empty wallet. That's him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, uh, we're back from Mocon. Holy crap, we're back from Mocon. You survived again. It was close this year. It was close this year. I I was afraid for a few minutes that we wouldn't make it. Did um, Cody Halverson manage not to stay in a drug den this year? Yeah, he actually stayed in the hotel with us again this year. And apparently, fun fact, Cody, um, bless her soul, brought his his girlfriend with. She was such a trooper to put up with us for four days. And they stayed after we all left and did a tour of St. Louis and drove by the old Airbnb. It has now been condemned. <laughs> he sent oh. us... Yeah, he sent us the most horrific photo. He's like, well, I slept here once, and it's just this run-down, shitty, drug-den-looking, condemned building that's half-collapsed. The best part of that is that it looks no different from when you stayed. It's no. not a condemned <laughs> sign on the front. There's <laughs> still like a dead yeah. body in a car out front. The best last, time it said, last time it said nearly condemned. Now it says condemned. The best part <laughs> of it is he stayed there to save money, but it was on the other side of the city. So whenever he wanted to meet up with us, he had to drive 40 minutes yeah. to meet us. Ugh. So God, your cities are big. 
oh yeah, let me tell you about Phoenix. It's not hat. I noticed. It's not hat where you can just spit across town. <laughs> well, and I mean, let's face it, it's it's marred by the fact that the, the St. Louis highway design system is in place where there is no straight road to anything. Oh and my there God. are no more traffic lights. It's just fucking roundabouts. <laughs> I, and think, I mean, roundabouts on the fucking interstate. The 70 best. miles an hour, six feet from the car in front of you. Fucking roundabout, yeah! Jesus. I think the best compliment that I got was from Matt Ernie because Ben and I drove down. This is the first year I've driven down now that I live in Wisconsin. Ben Schrader and I drove down. And day Friday is our, our big round-the-city tour, and we hit it really, like really hard Thursday night. Uh, Zach and I together just obliterated an entire bottle of vodka or of uh, gin between yeah, the two of yeah. us. Whole bottle gone, and uh, that that led to what you would expect for the next day. But anyway, we got done with the game rounds, and I just I was not feeling good. And we're forty five <coughs> minutes from the hotel, and I just asked Matt Ernie if he would drive back. About halfway back, he's like. Eric, you make this look so much easier than it really is. Like, what are you talking about? This is such a stressful drive. <laughs> it's St. Louis is the worst city I've ever driven in. And I've driven on the most terrifying road in Phoenix every day to take my kids to and from school. And it's th- that is like a country road at two in the morning compared to St. Louis driving. Oh, yeah. I once drove to Alaska from Seattle. Because I'm an idiot, and I thought, like, it's not that far. It's like an inch on the map, and I fucking, it takes days. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. on a dirt road going 80 miles an hour with logging trucks. And it is nothing compared uh, to St. Louis. It's so terrible. Yeah, I've heard that the roads are pretty dangerous in Alaska, just due to visibility, quality of road, and like you said, like, trucks full of logs on them. Like, that's Polar a recipe bears. for disaster. And this comes oh, yeah. from the guy who lives in Canada, which is covered in snow for most of the year. Yeah, visibility can get real bad here. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Oh. What oh, was yeah. that? Oh, just another old lady. It's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, the roads to Alaska can have like, oh, I'm going 80 miles an hour. And now there's just like a herd of elk in the middle of the road. <laughs> and the yeah. truck drivers do make it worse. The meth in the truck drivers, definitely. <laughs> well, they need it. Way they got to get there. <laughs> so oh, we, had a, we had a really... We had a really big crew this year for MoCon. It, I think it's the largest we've had had yet. We had, obviously, you, me, and Ben. And then there was uh, Cody Halverson and his girlfriend. Jonathan Weaver flew in this time instead of uh, taking speed and driving 16 hours each way. Um, Will Fredo and his, or Will Garcia and his wife, Kelly, drove up from Florida, which is like a 16 to 17 hour drive. Uh, Matt Ernie flew in again. Ryan Richardson, he's he's local, but then we had uh, obviously Chad as well. So we had a huge crew of people, oh. and almost everybody stayed at the at the hotel with us. Which we can't confirm because we forgot every year. We forget to to check the room number, but we are ninety nine percent positive we were still in the same room again. And we how do you, how do you forget? Every year, you go every year and you talk about the fact that you're in the same room. You think the first thing you would do when you go in is go, right, it's that room number. I'll take a photo of that. Probably you should remember it for next time. Listen, no, I'm already drunk no. by the time we get to the hotel. Yeah, we the, we <laughs> like the mystery. We like the mystery. But there were there were key indicators on certain parts of the table, you know, the back corner leg where we'd use to open beer bottles. Like there were still chunks taken out of that. So um, the, the, all the signs were there. 
with a, with a few key changes, and one of which actually led to the final and complete total destruction of the room. Um, they decided, for some reason, to take all of the beds and move them three feet closer to the window, which was great because it kind of opened up the living room area, but it put the one bed half an inch away from the air conditioning unit. And what's the first thing that a bunch of dudes who pile into a room do? Go to the AC unit, crank it to max cold, fan all the way high. About an hour later, we're half a bottle of gin deep. Like, Why is there a lake by the window? The thing had exploded and just soaked the carpet all the way out to the middle of the room. Just sticky everywhere. That was terrible. So they sent us, we, Zach uh, steamrolled down to the front desk and demanded a new room. They gave <laughs> us a new room, which, believe it or not, was equally terrible. When it came time... <laughs> exact same room, just if you flipped it 180 degrees. Oh, we were so confused for the first three hours, because we'd been in the same like orientation room for three years, and now it's just backwards? It can't deal with it. Maybe you've <laughs> slipped into a mirror dimension. Oh, I don't know. The upside down or something? That would be preferable to what we found in that room. It really would. Ben, why do you go back to this hotel? We don't know. It's tradition. (laughs) If if you didn't think that Ben's pizza grease couch could get any worse, it did. So, end of the first... It's like, it's got to be, what, two in the morning? We have to. We're, we want to be up to all the game stores by the time they open at ten, and we need to stop and get food and coffee. And um, we're hammered. And Ben goes over, takes the pillows off, unfolds the couch, and immediately starts gagging and starts yelling like, "What the fuck is this?" Someone had taken, and it had been very poorly cleaned up. What appears to be a shit. In the middle, no. <laughs> the, the straight me- shit, just a and pool then, of diarrhea, <laughs> and no. then just like smeared it into this gross, disgusting stain. No, oh no! And then folded the bed back up so it was on like two parts of the mattress. Like so, when, when the when the mattresses came apart, there was sound <laughs> like Velcro. <laughs> So essentially, somebody has made a shit sandwich using a bed. Yeah, somebody... <laughs> Not just so, any bed. The world's thinnest couch <laughs> pull-out bed. <laughs> but oddly enough, Ben looks forward to sleeping in that thing every year. Yeah, he does. He does. But to make it matters worse, um, I'm a very light sleeper. Like, exceptionally light. You, sn- you, you just sniffle wrong and I'll wake up. Ben and Zach both snore which I've found ways to mitigate. I bring like earplugs or I have a white noise machine or something, which is totally fine. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. But because of the new poop bed incident, we didn't have an air mattress with us. So Ben crawls into bed with me. So the whole night I've got him snoring right in my ear. I, and this is not an exaggeration. I think I finally fell asleep around 545 and we were up by 730. <laughs> Oh my god. So not only the day before did I have an eight and a half hour drive, we then drank for six hours, went to bed at five four, fell asleep at five forty-five, and woke up, and then we had a whole other day of driving. So I was running on absolute fumes. Oh my god, Eric. And did you and Ben have a nice snuggle? We did. Yeah. 
you know, it's always good, good to have a good snuggle. Mokan snuggle. Just watch I, I, out for the shit stain on his pajama bottoms. But I think I, I, for the record, didn't see any of the snuggle. I passed out directly at two, and <laughs> I, I've never, I have never sweated alcohol out like I did that. <laughs> like, and I'm on the other side of the room from the AC. So every time somebody blows a fart, it wafts my way. I do and have I'm hot, <laughs> like I can't get comfortable. I have vague <laughs> recollections of looking over and seeing Zach thrashing because. The top half of his body is frozen, and then the bottom half is hot. So he's doing this thing where he's like trying to lay a blanket across his midsection with his feet sticking out and his arms up, just like trying to keep a third of his body warm with the other part being extremely hot. It's just oh my god, oh terrible. But I, think, again, I honestly was, don't know why this hotel proprietor lets you back in. I know oh, it's, diff- it's different people every time. They don't know, but we definitely have a mark on our. Out because we went and complained about the room and they were like, oh, we'll just take a hundred dollars off. <laughs> I complained yeah. about the shit bed at some point and they haven't charged me for the room yet, so I don't know. Oh my for. god. Oh, wow. I think <laughs> though the, the best thing was Ben's incessant need to show everybody a very specific video that yeah. sort of became the calling card for the weekend. And uh Zach, do you wanna do you want to tell this one? Yeah, so this this started in the middle of drunk night number one. And I was half a bottle of gin into this, so I found this remarkably fun. Well, it started it, was, it started yeah. when he picked us up when we picked you up from the airport. It's the oh, literally it? the first thing he showed you, and then we picked up Jonathan, and then it's the first thing he showed Jonathan, and then we he started showing everybody else who showed up as we got drunker and drunker throughout the night. Oh yeah, well I I guess I should warm this up by telling you I was already shit faced by the time I landed in <sighs> Saint. Lewis yes. because I'd been delayed by like two hours and sat at a hotel bar and then got on the plane. And they set me next to the most annoying hippie woman who smelled like <laughs> fucking love and light. Like we got delayed on the uh, runway for an hour and a half, and this bitch looked directly in my eyes and said, We should all just be grateful. We can get on these devices and fly. Love and light, love and light. And I just like, love oh, and light. Fuck you. <laughs> So oh my god! Every, every time you drinking. get on a plane, <laughs> so it was when we picked Zach up. We saw these people walking by, and they were the crunchiest, granola-looking people I've ever seen. And I'm like, look, like that is impressive. They look like they just came out of a sunshine-filled wheat field. That was. Them. And Zach goes. <laughs> then Zach tells us the story about like, oh, it makes sense. But anyway, back to Ben's video. Yeah. So Ben's video is just a bunch of hockey bros. A bunch of dudes who really <laughs> like hockey sitting in a room, and apropos of nothing, this one guy just jumps up and says, Fellas, I've got an announcement. I have the tiniest dick. Right in the, the smallest room. Smallest dick in the room. And, and he starts, and starts, takes his dick out and starts like. <laughs> Rubbing his tiny little dick. You can't see the finger motion, but it is definitely a single it's, finger It's like motion. flicking flicking it up, like bouncing it. And then everybody in the room starts going, who's got smaller? Who's got smaller? And another guy pops up on the table and goes, fellas, I've got the smallest dick in the room. Which became who's the war cry smaller? of the entire weekend. And as much as I drank, I probably could have won. I drank through. I, Eric is not exaggerating. We bought like the full big boy family size bottle of cheap ass gin 
and drank it in one night. Like, I think one other person had a drink. So I was blitzed out of my mind. So every time somebody said fellows, like, I was standing on the bed. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> We're not welcome back at certain points. Just, for the record. No, no. <laughs> You guys are cutting it fine. I'm surprised you're still allowed in the state, to be honest, at this rate. <laughs> How have yeah. we not been locked up? Jonathan oh. had another comment that had me in freaking stitches. So every Friday night, we go over to Chad Hager's house. He put on this amazing uh, smoked chicken spread for us and and um, uh, hash brown casserole and just welcomed us in and we played a bunch of video games and, and whatnot. But we're sitting down eating and like... Jonathan has this ability to just say the f- the the funniest thing when it's perfectly silent. It's like, oh, I need to fill the silence, so I'm going to say something. And the table was just quiet. Everybody's enjoying their food. And Jonathan, out of the blue, looks up and he goes, Cody, you're right. These are really nice ceilings. <laughs> it's like, what the <laughs> I've never aspirated chicken through my mouth before. <laughs> <laughs> Cody looks up like, when did I ever talk to you about the ceilings? <laughs> and I, I'd like to remind you that we had an actual, like, we had women with us this time around who kept looking at us and judging us. Like, is this what you guys do every year? Like, yes, <laughs> yes, this isn't even the worst of it. It was a great litmus test for, for Cody's relationship, and I, I definitely think that since uh, Katie survived it, um, I think that's. I think they got the legs. I think it's good to go. But marry that good. girl, Cody. Okay, marry that girl. <laughs> she and would invite inject, us all to the wedding. <laughs> she would inject so much just random humor throughout too. Like I think it kind of became this this subtle unspoken challenge to see who can get Katie to respond to something by just saying something absolutely absurd and ridiculous. It was fun. It was a poor girl. She yeah, I, I feel like maybe, and and this is not me judging Katie at all. I think she has every right to do this. Hearing like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go spend a weekend in a hotel with a bunch of guys and buy video games and go on like, I don't know. And then she showed <laughs> like, up, and then she was still like, oh my god, I don't know, you know. <laughs> so the first the the, the first Friday, <laughs> like, oh, you can come to this weekend every week, you know. Like obviously, there's nothing going on here. Well, and on the drive down, Cody made her listen to all of the Mocon episodes. And the fact that she didn't make him immediately turn around and go back, it's like that right there. So the, fir- the, the, the Friday morning, we're at Starbucks and it was Cody's birthday, which was awesome. We got to celebrate his birthday with him. But I order my drink and I'm standing there and just like, oh, I just kind of want to get to know Katie. So I asked her where she's from. Uh, she lives in, in Idaho to go to school for, for her master's. I'm like, oh, what are you studying? astrophysics like i instantly feel really dumb (laughs) you are really dumb it's okay you are are. it was one of those where it's like most you just didn't expect it not saying that she didn't look like an astrophysicist but like how many people do you say oh what are you studying astrophysics it's like that's something that people study in the movies i didn't think i'd ever meet anybody who does that so it's just it was really really cool guy i went to school with went to study astrophysics at university and somehow ended up being an accountant that makes sense. Uh, whatever makes money. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we uh we did the game store rounds. We went to um went to trade and game and kind of a disappointment this year because Mocon decided to let everybody set up the night before. 
So they'd taken all of their stuff over to the show floor. And so um, we couldn't pillage the bins early. So was really trading get... game the place where you, sorry to cut you off. Was, was yeah. trading game the place where you picked up the blue game gear? Yes. Oh man. Sega, the $50 blue game gear. Nobody's getting a $50 blue game gear anymore. Those suckers are expansive. Loose. Is that the one? Is that the one with the bank vault in it? Yeah. yeah. Still no, 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 that's not the bank. Oh yeah, we go to two bank vault games. Yeah. It's not the one with like the really old stereotypical spin the dial type bank vault circular that's so door. Cool. Yeah. That's Bodax. We we'll, we'll get to Bodax in a second, but um, yeah, we were at uh, uh, trading game. Didn't didn't really start the day off the greatest. I think maybe a couple be- people bought a few things, but you know that's where we met up with Will and and Ryan. Uh, and Kelly and then the people there said oh hey you know before you go to Bodax you should stop down at this place called Red Brick Collectible it's like (laughs) 10 minutes down the road okay so we start heading down and it starts turning into more rural Missouri which starts to look like uh, deliverance and we come (laughs) we're, we're going through the it's not a mountain but this big hilly windy turny area and we pop down and we see this Really old, really decrepit-looking Midwest or uh, uh, Western-style saloon, complete with faded wooded paneling, shit everywhere around the outside of it, and a little sign out front that says "Red Brick Collectibles." Like, where the fuck did they send us? So we park right in front of what I could only believe was a strip bar tattoo parlor with a very poorly colored dragon on the front door and meth heads out front. It was the dildo super center. It, I think it, it was. It actually said dildo super center. Like, <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> Did it? What the hell? But we they had, walked, a, they had a big extreme selection of adult toys. <laughs> we we walked, didn't go in, but I could tell from the sign. We should have. Seriously. We walk in and it was the coolest toy. So they had toys from the 80s. Just everywhere just floor to ceiling front to back toys and in the back corner video games so we pillaged that place and as we come out the meth heads had decided they were going to try to start they were going to try to jump start a car like this is going to go poorly <laughs> and as i'm walking by i just i i notice things when i see people doing that it's like let's just make sure he's got it hooked up correctly to nobody's surprise he did not he had, obviously, the car that he was trying to start, he had hooked up correctly, positive to negative. But on the other car, he had the negative hooked up to the positive terminal. And the positive terminal connected to what I can only imagine was the shock absorber. Like, we need to get out of here now because this is going to blow up. Literal seconds away from watching a car explode directly next to our car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, There's like kids standing around it too. Daddy, what are the sparks? I'm not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we make math, son. Daddy, great toy. That, that was a great toy store, though. I mean, seriously, so like I saw stuff in there that I haven't seen. Just like all the old like 90s Star Wars toys. They had, it, I mean, they had like some Funko Pops, which is what all toy stores are now. But most of it yeah. was retro and vintage toys, which was really cool. And they weren't expensive either. Like, for some of this stuff, you'd expect it to be triple the price of what it was. I started a new trend and started buying Legos at Mocon. So, it's a Lego, man. 
Well, so my kids are really big Obsessed. into the, the Minecraft sets, and they had two Minecraft sets that they don't sell in stores anymore. And they normally would be like seventeen ninety nine for that size of set new in the store, and they're only twenty two bucks. I'm like, hell yeah! I drove here. I don't need to ship this shit home. Buy it. So I bought it, and now we got Legos on the list. Hey, I found a whole bunch of uh, complete Atari twenty six hundred games in the box, so I was happy. Wow! Yeah, I got uh, a copy of Xenoblade and a couple other of the uh, red box games. So, you know, for a toy store, shit. It was a really cool place. And then we made our way back over to Bodax, and that was the place last year where collectively we spent five hours and forty five hundred dollars uh, because somebody had brought in a brand new trade. And it was not as lucrative this year, but we still did, after much convincing, um, get to go into the back room again and, and found a good good chunk of stuff. But overall, the Friday store rounds, not as good. Yeah. I, th- I think everybody was, it, it just, I think with the last couple of years in particular, with Milton, it's been harder to let like vendors in and set up earlier. And this year, they were definitely encouraged. Yeah. So kind of everybody always had. You know, everybody said, like, well, I'll be at MoCon tomorrow. I'm not on the Kodak did let us in the back. I got Sega CD games. Jason at Trading (laughs) Game used to let us pillage his his bin before MoCon, but he didn't let us do that. I should say it wasn't lucrative for most. It was very lucrative for Cody, or not Cody, um, Jonathan, who spent like $600 again at Bodax. Yeah. I don't know how that kid finds so much stuff. Yeah, he gets, but he's, he kind of collects everything. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, bought like a Nintendo sixty four case there the last year. Yep. From Blockbuster, but, you know, I gave him shit for it. But things were different. Was so, um was one of your twenty six hundred box games Yars Revenge? Or do you have Yars no, Revenge? I have a Yars Revenge, but it's not boxed. It's one of the ones. That I'm for. Gotcha. And I, I I'll I'll express my my truth here. Um, I am willing to pay money for Atari twenty six hundred games, but knowing about half of them don't work anymore, it's hard for me to justify going for like thirty dollars. Yeah, even a new, a new like sealed Atari twenty six hundred game. So yeah, I, I have to look for deals, but I love the box ones. They're, they're gorgeous. They back to my youth. Yeah, they are gorgeous. Like those bold, bold colors. You know, like it's it's very, uh, very of its time, and like I love that. I love it. It's pure retro look. Um, what's uh, what what Sega CD games did you pick up that I was interested? Ooh. Uh, so there, I did a trade. I ended up trading in a uh, my sealed bed for a day uh, because again, I paid twenty bucks for oh. it, and years later, it's worth like six or seven hundred dollars. So I got a Shining Force one on Sega CD. I got Shining Force three, and then I picked up a Turbo Graphics game called Double Dungeons that was boxed. Oh. Um, and that was yeah, really you. You hip checked me out of the way to get that. Yeah, I did. You were, you were still we both walk into that. We walk into the back vault, and at the bottom of this bin, we just saw the yellow bar Whoa. across the top that says Turbo Graphics. I stood no chance. Yep. It was like Mario Kart Bowser versus Toad. Just, <laughs> I was in the wall across the uh, across the vault. Yeah, you had no chance because I saw this sitting at the bottom of the box. And it's funny because the stuff at Bodex that we looked at was actually the same collection from last year that he hadn't managed to pull. He out just of hadn't the box gotten through it. So I had wanted it. Last well, he at the very beginning, to be fair, he was dealing with some sort of alarm that was going off. He could not be any less interested in the fact that a crew of 12 people had just descended on his store. Zach, that uh, copy of that you just had of 20, the 2600 game, was it Xenophobe? Yep. That that box art is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. 
why I wanted it. So, so cool. <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I've noticed, I've been noticing that game around just because like, uh, it actually came out the year I was born as well. And it's just like, uh, it's, it's such a cool, so reminiscent of, of like 80s. Oh yeah. All the, uh, all the Activision games are definitely on my list. Like last year, I remember, was I, I was there when I picked up all the Atari games last year, like Pitfall and River Raid and all those, right? Yeah. So I picked up a bunch of box games last year, but now I'm just kind of hunting and pecking for them. There, there are a couple of Atari games that, like, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty notorious for having a collection of all the adult Atari games. Uh, in fact, I saw the one that I'm missing this year, and it pissed me off because it was like 13 grand. Uh, but the, uh, oh those are super expensive. I saw Dan's soul die just yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. But I got like Porky's. I got last year, and I think I got something else last year. I don't remember. But I'm down to one that I. Um, but I'm not. Gonna I'm just. I'm just sitting here sharpening a meal and sealing uh, sword. Oh no, none of them are sealed. <laughs> you can't find. Uh, them. So game sealed are super rare. That's why the one is there. This was the first year though that we brought trade with yeah, to, yeah. to offload, and Ben and I actually made. So he spent the night with me the night before we left, so that we could just get up in the morning and take off and. We made the first first deal of Mocon, and I completed my Final Fantasy Game Boy Advance inbox collection. He bought he brought over Final Fantasy VI, which goes for like $180 now. It's just ridiculous. And you remember that at Bodax last year, that $10 Link's Awakening box that I purchased? I traded him that $10 box, which is now worth $120, just for the box in the manual. Traded him that, and then gas to and from Mocon, I would cover that for... Uh, he had Mega Man Battle Network 5 Team Colonel on Game Boy Advance and Final Fantasy VI. So I completed that collection out. Um, and then Tom, I bought a game off of Chad. He was very, very generous and allowed me to buy a game off of him. The DS game Rhythm Heaven, which I believe is the prequel to Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Yep, it is. Yeah. So dumb. So stupid. But man, it's funny. It really is. I love the Glee Club level. Yeah, uh, if you if you've played it, it's uh, yep. in fact it's just it's great because every single level is different, same concept and everything, but like, and they're not shy about calling you terrible. They're like, wow, that no. was bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, I guess it's, I'll just go fuck myself then. <laughs> the one on the, the one on DS is harder than on uh, on 3DS because on 3DS they allow you to use button controls. Uh, nope, not this, this one. It's flick. Yeah, flick. It's tough. Yeah, the stylus is tricky. Uh, uh, so but look out for Mega Mix because that one is. It was on my list. But yeah. So Mocon as a whole was it was awesome. They I think they had like a hundred vendors, and last year they only had eighty. So it's continually growing, but prices were out of control this year. Yeah. I mean, and that's they that's were, just the classic market is out of control now. <laughs> it's. it's I felt like harder and harder to even find more games. so even more so though like any working designs game there worth its weight was $500 Oof. which you know 2 years ago they were 100 150 I the one Sega CD game I, I came out of there with my goal is to always leave Mocon with at least one working designs game and I finally bit the bullet and bought Lunar um, 1 on Sega CD it, it, it's worth about 225 250 this guy had it marked for 175. What's wrong with it? Nothing. Just put a good price on it. I looked at it and went, son of a bitch, here you go. Nice. So I bought that. But um, so just kind of like I was on a hunt for Sonic games 
for Ellie, she's developed this intense infatuation with Sonic video games, which is great. She's been playing Sonic Generations, and then um, she wanted Sonic Colors, so when I was there, I bought her Sonic Unleashed, Sonic the Black Knight, and then I just picked up Sonic Colors for her yesterday, so she's on this big Sonic kick. But I would say that of the stuff that I got, some of my favorite this, ones this that I, pleases me, by the way. I know. They're actually really freaking cool. Sonic Colors is really a neat looking game. But one of the one of the coolest games that it was a, a complete impulse purchase for me. Ben actually told me to pick it up at at Trading Game is a Switch game called It'll Do. Like I-T-T-L-E-D-E-W. It'll do two. Which is this very flash animation style, top-down Zelda clone. Really, really cutesy art style, really, you know, lighthearted music, but an absolute freaking blast. So it's it's very, very similar to the old Top Down Zelda games. Um, but just kind of like skimming through some of the stuff that I, I got here. I got the other Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Echoes of Time on DS. Um, I got another Dragon Quest DS game, Dragon Quest 7. Got a really stinking good price on that. And then... I've started down the rabbit hole of collecting the Mega Man Battle Network games, which I'm not sure I is a good choice because there's so many of them and they're all really, really, really expensive. Um, but I, I managed to get Mega Man 5, Mega Man Battle Network 5 double team on the DS. And then Dan, I bought a game with you in mind, my friend. It was one of the only games where I physically could not get the money out of my hand fast enough to this guy. I didn't even question the price. Most of the time I looked at him like, would you take this for it? Like, um, what, uh, Klonoa 2. Saw that for a guy had 95 bucks on it. Like, how about 80? How about 85? I'm like, how about 80 cash? He goes, you said cash, sure. But this <laughs> other game, I was just flipping through the piles and it was just like this instinctual dispensing of money i flipped the top game off the stack of playstation games and there, sitting on top in all its glory was no one can stop mr domino which i've never ever <laughs> seen in person before and went i must own this I've, I've never heard of that one what is it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it looks quite good i'll give it a i'll give it a gander i i don't know if we've ever actually said this on the show about no one can stop mr domino I don't know if we have. It's more of a WhatsApp thing. So in our WhatsApp group, when we routinely, when we're seeing things to play or something, or just being stupid or something, I'll routinely just send the box out if no one can stop Mr. Domino. <laughs> <laughs> but it's apparently a great game. It is. It's just hard. Yeah. I just I remember playing the demo of it back Me in the too. day and not having a Scooby-Doo what the hell was going on. Was it like, on one of those PSM demo discs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I played it a I lot. Yeah. It was on the... Yeah. And I was, I was just like this little domino guy just shitting dominoes behind him for no apparent <laughs> reason. And I was like, yes. what, what the hell are you meant to do? And like, you can't stop either. It's like a... Yeah, because no one can stop domino. Mr. Yeah. Domino. You that's see, the, that's you see the what shtick. they did there. It's I a very clever I game. I didn't even put two and two together. I know, oh. right? It's such an underappreciated title. <laughs> They yeah. thought about it in the gameplay, and then the gameplay, they were like, he's not stopping, and then they went, ah, no one can stop Mr. Domino. <laughs> yeah. you know? uh, when in actuality, he was just a developer who couldn't quite figure out how to program him to stop. <laughs> it, was just a, it was just a bug, and they, it they came up in the it. bug list, and they're like, listen, guys, we need to stop him. And all of the best and brightest developer minds in the room went, listen, nobody's been able to stop him. 
The game was called Mr. Domino, and the guy with this marker on the board is like, no one can stop. <laughs> and then, like, it just... Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Brilliant! Comes at a game developer. Like, guys, I work in marketing. If I can aspire to that <laughs> level, like, if I ever hit that level, I've, I'm, I'll be done. Like, can, that's just I, incredible. I just can definitely appreciate messing with your game and its plot because you can't fix something. <laughs> You oh, know for sure. Like I've done. That's that. when a bug turns that. into a feature. Yeah, yeah. Say, Tom can appreciate that, right? Like that's one of those like <laughs> ultimate moments in game development design decisions. Like, yes. oh fuck it, this is a feature, kids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my most most recent game actually has a um, a bug where uh, one of the characters can can shoot two bullets uh, in one move, but what happens is if the enemy dies after the first bullet, she'll still shoot the second bullet. And I just cannot fix it. So I thought about maybe being like, when that condition happens, someone else in the party being like, he's, he's dead. And she and her being like, yeah, I just want to make sure, you know, like (laughs) maybe that would be easier than trying to figure out the, the formula for why it's not like connecting with the, why it's why she just doesn't do the second shot or maybe like, despite the enemy being on zero HP, keep him alive until the action's complete. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to figure out the logic there, but yeah, I've yeah. done it so many times where I've like, uh, just changed oh. the narrative to fit a bug. <laughs> oh, Tom, yeah. since we're talking about it already, why don't you tell us about your new game? Yeah, I, well, I, I entered the, uh, uh, an indie game making contest. There's one every year, kind of like, like, you know, like Mocon. There's one every year in the summer. And, uh, With less shit on beds and things but, like that. Yeah, there's some shit. There's some shit. Maybe that's what the hotel like. Listen, it's it it's a feature of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a feature, not a bug. A really Make sure we're gonna feature. pay an upcharge for it. You know. <laughs> uh, um, would you like a shit free bread? That's nine dollars. <laughs> and would you like to also see? And this is an actual not to sidetrack you, Tom, but because I'm thinking. No, but would you also like to see people very clearly having sex in the pool as you walk by? Oh wow. Yeah, that was I mean, it's, a, it's a perk. Yeah. One of those hotels. They, yeah, it was. Yeah. Like I stopped right after walking past and be like, I'm pretty sure that those people are having sex in the pool in broad daylight. That's awesome. Yeah. God damn. The best um, part was that all nine of us had to stop at the window and look. In the we were not <laughs> subtle. <laughs> anyway, continue. Oh uh, yeah, so the the. Everybody had four weeks, I think it was, to make a make a short video game, uh, the best that you could do with time. The theme had to fit a theme. The theme was rebirth, rejuvenation, and resurrection. You could choose one or use a combination of all of those words. Uh, I went with re- rejuvenation and made a, a short RPG, uh, 25, 30 minutes long, maybe. Um, and yeah, I was like slogging away because I started quite late. I actually started in the middle of July. So I was up till early hours trying to get it completed. And uh, there's definitely a, a moment at the end where your characters are supposed to go to a certain part of this building. And they're like, no, let's just let's just get to the end because I ran out of time. I couldn't build any more maps. Ah, um, is that why that happened? That's okay. why you end up on the on yeah. the roof. Yeah. Um, which was that was ultimately where the final showdown was was gonna was supposed to be anyway. So I just cut it short. But I had a I'm lot very of fun. Final Fantasy VII of you, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That 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 final bit was definitely takes from the uh, 
jumping off the Midgar plate somewhat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I had a lot of fun making this game and writing it and stuff, and, and I've had some really uh, uh, nice feedback, uh, especially from you guys. And, um, yeah, I hope everyone gets a chance to play it. It's free to download. Uh, it's called Ever in Time. Um, I've shared it on Discord. I don't... I, one of you guys, but I would ask you probably to like stick it on the Facebook page and see if anyone wants to give it a whirl. But uh, it was, a, yeah, it was a good time. It was. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna probably further develop it eventually, but for now, enjoy the first chapter. And you should develop it first, Tom. I genuinely thoroughly enjoyed it. I was really disappointed when it ended. I was. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this is. It's just you. Like I can hear you yeah. speak when the characters speak. It's like. <laughs> Like how you send yeah. us a WhatsApp message or something like that. I'm like, that's just Tom all over. Yeah. <laughs> well, and all of your, even though it's not meant to be a comedy, you still have those subtle video game references in there. Like when you're checking the lockers, it's like nothing empty, nothing hit dot, dot, dot. And then it's like, oh, here, like just those Metal Gear references. And yeah. Things like that. Yeah. 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 I can't, uh, always trying to keep it grounded. That was one of the things I hadn't done in one of my previous, uh, games. So it's like, by having the the humor in there and and stuff like that it's like it doesn't try and take itself too seriously like you're aware of the villain and aware of the situation and like what are you going to do but like it's not trying to be uh too in its own head and like trying to trying to keep it somewhat like fun and stuff you know you know they have like a the, the villain giving this whole spiel about their motivations and then like it's shortly followed by like a long pause and then like a, a funny line by one of your one of your characters just to kind of keep it somewhat you know grounded as i said but i'm glad you guys enjoyed it it, it was, was a good time was, yeah i really did i honestly think it's one of your best efforts so far i really did enjoy it i i could pl- honestly play that it reminded me in ways kind of undertale a bit and uh yeah. kind of recent rpgs that i've played like uh, oh, what was it what was it called the one of the robots yeah i forget i play that many yeah horizon <laughs> robot track you know, on, uh, now you mention it, Robotrek is one of those games I haven't played, and I feel like uh, someone told me that I would quite like it. It's is very, it? very. I haven't beaten it, but it's very good. It's it's your, you know, standard fare, uh, yeah. Enix, Super Nintendo era RPG, but it's not super long. If I recall properly, it's only like twelve hours. I should oh. Oh, let me check. Oh, wow. How long to beat off? <laughs> like yeah, twenty hours. Yeah. Okay. I really, yeah. really enjoy those like six or seven hours kind of concentrated experiences. Like, if, yeah. Stray, has, if Stray has taught me nothing, it's that I would like to spend a lot more time playing more games. Oh my god! Yeah. We'll talk about that yeah. on the next side quest. But Stray is a masterpiece. Yeah. Mm, I want to try that. Yeah, I, I need to play it. I was going to ask also, you guys, um, did you partake in the hotel breakfast? Was there was there one? I always look forward oh, to the hotel breakfast. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. With your hot oats. <laughs> you have to, yeah. So yes. the, the, the early morning f- hotel breakfast is, you know, the, the pretty usual fare, powdered eggs warmed with some sort of cool gelatinous water, <laughs> odd sausage, and like just a buffet of bread products that have been there since the 80s. That you're yeah. to like toast. It's uh, so true. On a hot radiator in the I can't corner. tell you that we were operating on all cylinders every day at breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came down first, and 
Jonathan, Matt, Cody, and Katie were sitting around. They were eating. They'd been down there. And breakfast closed at nine. And I walk down. And it's like literally 8.58. And I, I grab a plate. And the worker is adding more egg disc shaped eggs to this warming tray. I'm not I, I don't know what they were. They looked like eggs. They were next to what looked like meat logs. And he egg looks at me. Meat logs. Yeah. He looks at me. And he goes. Breakfast closes at nine. And I look at my watch and I went. So in two minutes and he goes, <laughs> get what you need. And he was just the the weirdest dude. Like he was getting ready to shut down, but he was adding more shit to it. It's like, this doesn't make sense. So I grab my stuff and I sit down and and, and Matt looks at me and goes, that guy's kind of odd. And before we had come down, there was another family. Guy had put his waffles. You know those little waffle makers where you pour stuff in, then you like it heats up and then you got to flip it? Yeah. So he put his waffles in, then walked away and came back. And when he came back, that guy comes out of the back room and not like, you know, how when you have a conversation with somebody, you're at a normal distance. This was not that distance. This was like four times that distance. And he looks at that guy and he goes, hey, did you flip your waffle? And the guy looks at him like, no, he goes, good, because I did it for you. And then he meanders back into the back closet. It just disappears. The weirdest breakfast dude I've ever seen. And I wanted to call him the waffle flipper. I like oatmeal, like the the prepackaged, just you pour hot water on. I love that stuff. And it's just it sounded really good to soak up some alcohol. So I got this paper bowl, filled it up with two of those. I can't wait for this. There was no hot water anywhere. There wasn't even a microwave to heat up water. There wasn't even water. It was just a (laughs) package of powdered oats for breakfast so i'm carrying this shit around and finally just throw it away it's just what am i gonna do Uh. suck on this till it's warm but (laughs) breakfast was less than good yeah i I, I, between uh, that and murdering the room we're gonna have to pick a new venue next year (laughs) i think we need our own airbnb either that or we just i think what we do is we pay chad's wife to go on a staycation and then we just all stay at chad's house like Hey, go get a room. Uh, house left. The, go get a room at the Four Seasons for you and the kids, and we will pay for maid service. Dude, speaking <laughs> of Chad, that would be great. That's a yeah. good idea. Speaking of Chad's kids, what a freaking blast! Um, oh, yeah. His his oldest was challenging me to pinball, and he got so jacked up that he got this specific score. I'm like, I'm gonna beat it. No, you're not. And I couldn't beat it. So then I went to a different stage and set just an obscene score. Like it was four times the highest score on there. And then for the next hour, he's over there playing, just trying to beat that score. And when he beats it, he would not let me forget that he beat it. And he was at MoCon the next day running the booth with his dad. And he looked, he looked at me and he goes, I beat your score. Like, Thanks for reminding me. I know you beat my score. I'm going to beat it next year. And he's like, no, I'm going to have the whole thing filled up. <laughs> his kids are I, feel, I love those competitive things like what what game was it we were playing where we were all competing against each other astrobot like, yes yes yeah, that that was, was ridiculous and zach was... zach foley this man here is the king of astrobot like i still to this day do not know how he achieved what he did yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah. It was it was at the point where i was like right 
I'm at the top now, and I can't see how anybody's going to beat that. And then Zach just pinged up on Facebook Messenger or whatever and went, I just beat you by two seconds. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, we were beating each other by <laughs> hundreds. possible? And two second. seconds is a lot. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was very dedicated to AstroBot, and my daughter is the best cheerleader. Like, she was looking at all the names yeah. that would be above me in my friend's list, and she's like, Daddy, Daddy, did you beat Dan? I'm like, now nah, he's ahead of me by like two seconds. Like, you can't take that. Need to go beat Dan. <laughs> I need to be the I need to be the best sack. You ruined it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm never letting that Astrobot thing go. Like I haven't touched it in over a year, and I think I'm still in the top six hundred. Good God, that's awesome! I I hope they make uh, like a a full game with Astrobot because it it's yeah. so well even done. If, yeah, well, they, even if it, it's not like PlayStation oriented with all the little yeah. Easter eggs and stuff, even yeah, if they just make yeah. a straight Astrobot. Well, it's well, I give VR that, Mission my game of the year one year because it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was genuinely brilliant, and it, the follow up like the little one for PS Five just to show off what the PS Five does is probably still the best example of using the DualSense controller properly. Yep, it's, it's incredible. It's Team Asobi that makes that, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's a team that gets like like basically they come together when there's a new piece of hardware to create a game for it now, and then they oh. get disbanded almost immediately there. But I'm pretty sure that's got to be like a rock star team because that game, like I can still play it today and it holds up. Yeah, two years yeah. after a PlayStation Five launch, it looks well. Like they've already updated it with VRR support, so it's yeah. I love that game. It's not going to be like cameo on the 360, where when we first saw it, we're like, oh my god, look at this, and now we look yeah. back at it and go, that's kind of shit. Yeah, no, well, it's it's, a, it's it's so good. Maybe it's like a. It's like I think Team Soho are similar in a way, like the guys that made The Getaway and uh, more recently Blood and Truth. I think they were. I think they made. So they they kind of like to delve into like that's the tech. London Studio, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They they the new pieces of tech come out and or new um, sort of uh, leaps in like a, a generation of graphical fidelity, and they they try something new. They try something different. And then, and then they just piss off until for five years. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> it's like it's like an Olympic dream team. We put you together for yeah. a very specific purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Astrobot was my jam. In fact, I bought Sackboy's Big Adventure because I thought they could pull it off like a second time. But it's just not the same. It's, it's a good not, game. It's, it's, it's not very good. mediocre. Yeah. Um. So at MoCon, you took advantage of my drunken state and got me to buy something on the switch eShop. Which has become which has <laughs> This become... is one of my greatest victories of Mocon, by the way. Are you guys ready for this? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Let me let me bask in this glory. What have you been playing, Eric? <sighs> I've not just playing, obsessing over the very first fantasy star for the mega or the master system. Oh wow. Yeah. Yes. Oh, interesting. It has it has become life. Um the Sega Ages version of it on Switch. I, I think I would have struggled very, very heavily with the original and not having the map. But um, God damn, this game's great. Yeah. It, hits, it ticks all my boxes because it predates, fan, it predates Final Fantasy. It's definitely one of like the leading examples of just straight JRPGs. And it also, I mean, like, it's a very different game. It's got a female protagonist, um, and the female protagonist doesn't have any, like, romantic relationship. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's got this super deep story. It's a Sega Master System game, so it's like two meg big, and it's got three full planets worth of content on it. Yeah, it's um, like geez. if, you know, on Final it's Fantasy, you get the airship and you go to different continents. This is like, no, we're going to go on a spaceship and go to a different planet, but you're still fighting with swords and magic, and it's a really, really neat blend, but it took me... It took me quite a while to reshift my focus and and reframe my perspective on RPGs again and go back to those mid 80s early 90s RPGs where they they tell you where to go precisely once and if you forget yeah you can't go back and like ask somebody where to go it's just you have to remember where to go um question about I mean, I'm looking at the screenshots now and I'm like I I'm tempted to give it a go uh are you if saying the original works. the original game didn't have that map in the bottom right? No. Yeah. So when you go into the dungeons, <laughs> they're a first person view. Yeah, yeah, I can see of like a maze, and you just had to memorize it or write it down, and it would have been horrid. But oh, what's really neat about this, if you if you go into the 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 game and go to the manual, there's a section in there about known bugs. And they said, this is a true faithful recreation of the original Master System game, complete with all bugs. And they were talking about a section where uh, in the dungeons, there can be pitfalls and traps that you can fall into that drop you to a floor below. And if you do not have an escape potion or whatever the hell it is, you can get irrevocably stuck and just not be able to continue. You can't get out. You have to reset your game. And that happened to me once. And I lost like two and a half hours of progress. And then the other time where I lost a bunch of progress, I first started the game at MoCon. I played at night for a couple hours and then I got home and Christy watched me play for a couple hours and I really like leveled everybody up. And then I closed the game. And when I came back in, instead of hitting continue, I hit start game and it just started over and overwrote the auto save that was in there. I was not using the in-game save system. So I lost like six hours worth of progress. And that's where I sent Zach a message like fantasy stars on my shit list. But I'm starting over again. So yeah. it's freaking great. It's such a good game. Damn. Yeah, all the original so, Fantasy Stars have something really unique and good about them. Um, part two, I, I, it's my favorite Fantasy Star game, but that's because it was like the whole reason I bought the Sega Genesis in the first place. Um, but it's, I'm not going to lie. The box art mind is shite. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But uh, all the games... It's like somebody who's only seen a human once has drawn these oh, characters. <laughs> Let me tell you about Mega Man 1 box art. Oh, yeah. All early box art is like that. It's like everything is just completely abstract. It's like the, you know, the Pablo Picasso version of people. Is there a reason for that? Did they hire, like, one guy to do all of it and he wasn't very good at so? <laughs> I always go back to, like, I think it was just different interpretations of the style, like, Here's the one for me that always gets me. Like, I thought the original Street Fighter 2 had amazing art. And then the box for Street Fighter 2 came out uh, for Super Nintendo, and everybody went gaga over the art on the front of that box. And sort of the the sub-art became the 90s version of Street Fighter 2. And I hate it. I think it's the worst thing on Earth. But it's just, like, a style point, you know, from everything else. Uh, But, yeah, early box art. The thing that just puts me off about the Master System games is that checkered background. They just look... Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, kind of a math book. Oh, it looks 
awful. You're right. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a mid-90s textbook. Yeah. I don't want a wall of those on my shelf. They're hideous. Well, they did it with, I mean, early Genesis games were like that, too. They were Master System games. Uh, or, like, not Master System. Uh, what the hell is it called? In your Mega Drive games are like that. They yeah. all have the black grid uh, in the background. Yeah, it's just not so white and black. It's black and white now. So, I mean, like, I, I think, again, that was just, like, a brand message at the time. But I agree. I always like box art where they just kind of go off the rails. Like, you remember the box art for, like, the original Wizards and Mm-hmm. I like it. It's got like that very Boris look to it, and then in later games, they like actually just went out and commissioned actual artists. And I, I like how in the seventies, eighties, and even part of the early nineties, the box art looks like they were all drawn by Harlequin romance novel artists. Yeah. Like, I would have been so mad as a kid. Had I looked at some of this, and be like, "Oh my god, look how cool this game looks!" And then you get into it, and it's just like three different colored squares doing stuff. Yeah, you, you got to think like back in the, back in the day. I imagine they just went to the people who were doing the box art. They probably just give them a brief outline of the game and went, "Can you make something from this?" That's yeah. what happened with Mega Man One. The guy who did the box art had never seen the game. Yeah, I can imagine it probably <laughs> happened a lot if you look back at some of the box art from back in the day. Yeah. Well, and that's you know, but then that led to like the 16-bit era where box art just got amazing. Like, look at Contra Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. that's got amazing Super Castlevania. Those games have amazing art. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we got kind of a renaissance, but I think we had to live through the shit first. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. <laughs> so, um, speaking of games getting obsessed over, Eric, I got sucked in big style to Power Wash Simulator. Jesus. It's ridiculous. God. I, yeah, go ahead. Tell me about this. I, I, I don't know what happened. I, I can't explain it, but I spent literally about a week for hours upon end, cleaning stuff with a power washer. This is the video game equivalent of don't ever try heroin because all it takes is just once. And that was Dan with Power Wash Simulator. Yeah. Well, you know how I have that, like, irrepressible desire to complete games 100%. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was... I think I've heard you say that. Like that on crack, really, because it was just... I tried it. I was like, I'll I'll give it a try. I was like, what, what... what is what even is this? It was on Game Pass, and I thought I'll download it. And then before I knew it, hours had passed. I'd cleaned a dirt bike, I cleaned a penny farthing, I cleaned a tree house, I cleaned a really creepy house, I cleaned a fire station, I cleaned a helicopter, and cleaned I cleaned a tree house. <laughs> and I find I finally stopped right because I was cleaning what is essentially the dirtiest bathroom you've ever seen in your life, and the game didn't remember that I had cleaned half of it and then stopped. So I booted it back up and it needed cleaning again. I was like, I need to stop. Yeah. I need to stop. I had to go completely cold turkey because Power Wash Simulator <laughs> was life for a week. And I don't know why. I have no explanation for my actions. I downloaded I downloaded it. I tried it a couple times. I made it to the backyard and Christy was watching me. And, and I she's like, are you enjoying this? I went, no, I'm not. This is like, This is just dull if i wanted to power wash something i'd go fire up my own power washer and clean the siding <laughs> of the house <laughs> so then i went on you, but i went on game pass found it enjoyable and i downloaded every simulator game on game pass and tried all of them and they're all really bad so lawn mowing simulator <laughs> lawn mowing simulator now i have a large lawn here that takes me an hour and a half to mow i went on there and i fucked this person's lawn up so bad by the time i was done i owed them money 
because every like flower you hit or brick that you put out of place, it costs you money. I set the blade height to zero. I basically scalped their lawn and then just left. Like, well, that was fun. But I don't want to have to worry. Like, I don't I don't get it. These people that'll set up these immaculate room-sized controller systems for Euro Truck Simulator that looks like the actual inside of a semi-truck. Guys, just go get a job driving a semi and make okay. money. The amount of people in my neighborhood that have set up complex NASCAR racing rigs. And I mean, like, you know, would take up this entire room with hydraulic seats and lifts and, you know, the air brakes and all that stuff. Like, it is crazy how much money certain people just like invest into a certain type of sim. But that's, you know, like that's a known factor. How many people have you ever heard of that just like they buy an Xbox because there's a new version of FIFA this year? Right? Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. true. I, well, I would do it for a Formula One game. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, uh, I was uh, taking the girls for a bike ride and I saw one of our neighbors down the street, his garage is open and there were some kids in there and they had one of those, those, rocking seats that sit on the floor and they were building something with pedals and a steering wheel on it like fuck yeah guys get it so cool yeah i would totally do that yeah so for power wash power wash simulator i did that and i had the actual power washer just like strapped to me controller and then crystal came (laughs) in and blasted her in the face with it (laughs) just power washing your tv Oh, yeah, but got, okay. the obsession got to the point right where i was i was sat at work one day and i was just i was observing some filming being done and i was looking around the room and i was like i could power wash that <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and, and here i feel silly still looking for the horse birthing simulator with the back end of the horse he can reach it <laughs> you got way into that that's exam. just a demarcation of a fetish <laughs> yeah, so I, just, I, just, I needed i needed to stop because it was unhealthy Jesus. <laughs> it's and like those I, games I like, like uh, Mud Runner and Snow Runner. Have you seen those games? Those games are so like... much fun. Oh, I've never played them, but oh, I know dude, that. Oh, dude, Snow Runner's a freaking blast. Yeah, because you have like oh. a huge like truck, right? That you have to take cross country or whatever. It's I not just remember. a cross country. Like, so they'll they'll say, "Hey, you need to take your truck into the middle of the these woods and." There's people out there cutting down a sequoia and you got to transport this big sequoia back and there's no road out there. So you have to go through like the most treacherous, muddy terrain. They're so fun. Such a fun game. I do like racing sims. Like if I could, if I'm going the sim route, it's, it's racing for me. Except Forza. For some reason, I can't get behind the Forza sim. I can get behind Forza Horizon, but if I want racing sim, I'm going F1 or Gran Turismo. Same, same. I'm is I'm excited for Gran Turismo. It, it's, it's it was delayed, right? It's out. Was it, no, was it, seven it's out. out. Yeah, it's been it's out seven months. Yeah, it's, it's really it? bad. It's real yeah, bad. They just went, oh, they that's went, what I heard. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it just went full gotcha. Uh, that requires you to spend thousands of dollars to get anything. Yeah. For fuck's sake. It's a modern gaming fun. Unlike Diablo <laughs> Immortal, which I'm gonna back up Eric here and say, like I've now played an easy 30 like 40 hours of Diablo Immortal. Like there is no reason to spend money on it. Everybody yeah. keeps giving it flack because you could theoretically spend like a hundred thousand dollars and get the best stuff. But yeah. like, I played through that game just fine and it was a good time. I freaking yeah. love that game. You don't have to spend you don't have to spend one Eagle Beak in that game to enjoy it. Nope. 
not one. See, I, n- I never understand the mentality of wanting to spend money to get the best stuff because for me, mm. I actually enjoy unlocking new things and upgrading, particularly in something like Diablo, which is like, yeah, it's just well, there was a guy re- rewarding in itself getting the new stuff. No, there was no, a guy who spent upwards of a hundred thousand dollars on gear, and it actually broke the game for him because there are events that happen every once in a while where it's one v one events. And it's all based off of your tier and your skill level. Well, he's so high above everybody else that it won't even match him with anybody else. The last time he was able to match with somebody, he had to sit on a matchmaking screen for 72 hours. Why would you spend $100,000 on that? I don't care if you're a billionaire or not. Like, that's just dumb. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that I enjoy that, but I did enjoy the reverse when they used to have the Diablo real world money auction house because I made hundreds of dollars on that shit (laughs) sitting there for like two days grinding out gems and like stupid little weapons that would drop. I'd put them on there for like five, ten bucks and people would bid them up. And that really Uh, sparked the debate of gambling. dollars for a weapon. Shit, yeah. That that was kind of the... I don't want to say it sparked the debate, but it helped spark the debate about gambling within video games and really brought to light that whole issue. And it wasn't gambling. You're just buying stuff. Yeah. But you could definitely like there was a there was a pattern of things that you could do in that game to farm like high level weapons, whatever it was at the time. I don't think it was armor, but it, it, maybe it was gym or something like that. But I could easily make like a couple hundred bucks a week if I sat there. Not not like job quality, but it was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I took. Mm. So, Zach, I know you had a little bit of a hard stop. Do you want to sit and talk about Brutal Legend with us, or do you have to bounce? Uh, I'm going to have to bounce in a minute, but I was going to ask, what is your favorite pickup of Mocon? Ooh, great question. Uh, ben um, Shredder. Yeah, that's. Hey, they do share a bed. We did. <laughs> I, I mean, clearly the answer is Lunar on Sega yeah. CD, but if I had to pick a second one, it would probably be Klonoa 2 or it'll do um dumbest pickup would be spice world yeah but that was a good i was gonna buy it if you weren't i mean yeah, fuck yeah for a dollar <laughs> and then because i bought that i got a game boy color version of mary kate and ashley for free so nice. oh well yeah. swings around about <laughs> but right. i did some, i did also shit and you got an absolute gem over it you know i did also get a physical copy of final fantasy 8 remastered for ps4 and then i picked up saga frontier 2 so I, I have. Don't talk about Final Fantasy yet. I want to replay it. I know. Me too. I've I have a couple it. favorite pickups, and they're all because they pissed Eric off. Yeah. Uh, this is my first one. No. Oh, working <laughs> Which designs. is one of the working designs game for Turbo Graphics. Yeah. <laughs> the second one is my yearly copy of Eidenhander that I pick up just to piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, my two favorite pickups this year. So this one, actually, I was with Eric when I found it. I have been looking for this stupid thing forever. Yep. This is the oh, help shit. guide that came with Fantasy Star 2. And I saw it in a stack of books and just asked the dude, like, hey, I've been looking for that forever. How much do you want for this ridiculous thing? And he was like, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks is sold. Uh, I have I have been looking for this. Like, I can't find it on eBay. I have been unable to find this book everywhere. The closest that I've gotten in the last 10 years is off of, uh, uh, oh, God, what is it? The used bookstore that it uses. Uh, my wife buys tons of yeah. edition books through them. It's like rare uh, books or something like that. But I found one once, and it got into a bidding war, and I think it went for a thousand dollars. Oh my so god! I absolutely yeah. that. But well, my other fine. oddball, my other oddball pickup was this. Yeah, that's so cool. Which Metal is my Gear. my Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker case that I found out is the perfect size to hold my analog pocket. 
So yeah. you brought that to MoCon <laughs> and let me play with that. And oh my God, I cannot wait for mine to show up. It's hands down the coolest handheld emulator. That's a lovely bit of hardware, isn't it? I love the website, the way the way they show off the... the but the, the OS on the system is actual garbage. You think for oh. people who pride themselves on quality of product and really, really high visual appeal, it's like an 80s DOS machine. It's okay, that bad. Boy, yeah. Yeah. But I think they've done... In fact, I just... When I, I picked up the news feed this week, I looked... It's actually been... They released a software that intentionally jailbreaks it. But now you can just load emulators and run on top of it. So. Oh, what? Guess, yeah, and like that's that's Xanadu for me because that means I can load a whole bunch of TurboGrafx CD games. Yeah, oh. that thing's powerful. Yeah, it's it's. I I gotta tell you, like the only reason I bought this thing, I love Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. I had some Castlevania for that. That's great. The whole reason I bought this thing is because I want to replace my Turbo Express. Yeah, and my Turbo Express was a really good. Um, and yeah. the fact that I can just load, load ROMs and like get CD on it, that's great. So I'm thrilled with that. Two I also, found out, I, I oh, also found out from Mocon this year that I did not have a sealed copy of Link's Awakening. I was going to say two more yeah. things. One of which, you can no longer lord, lord your uh, complete copy of Caution Seaman over me because I found that complete inbox. Where your microphone screen is yellow, mine is a... It's very strange and mysterious green color, so I don't think green, yeah. yeah, I don't think I'll be using that. But also, this brought a little bit of soy of joy slash sadness to my heart, but more joy because for years you've lorded over me the fact that you had a sealed copy of Link's Awakening, and when Jason from Trading Game gave you the news that it is in fact not sealed, yep. part of me well, rejoiced. He did, and I ended up trading it, which is fine. I mean, I paid forty dollars for a copy of Link's Awakening, which is actually what I traded to Bodak. Um, I did trade that away to him, and he was like, "Oh no, I just want it complete." So, okay, you can get it. And I did he had it complete last year, but I bought the box for ten. <laughs> but Jason, the game fell out. But then Jason and Ben also told me that this, which is a sealed copy of Fatal Frame that I have, is like a super rare variant <laughs> of it. Yeah, um, and in fact, uh, Jason's going to grade it for me because it's never been sold. Um, it's a, uh, it's one of the original, like, top tab, uh, all the uh, other versions of Fatal Frame that, like, got picked up on Amazon and sold for years and years on a site later. Uh, so we looked it up at Heritage Auctions, and it's never been sold before, and he said, you know, like, it's in really good shape, I would grade this really high, uh, which means that on that auction site, it could sell for $1,000, but it could sell for $150,000, just because it's never sold before, so. Wow. That was nice news to get on the back end, of you don't have <laughs> Link's Awakening. I was happy about that. And the fact that as soon as you found that out, you didn't immediately put it into a plastic protector still blows my mind. Oh, it went in the Tupperware that I was carrying all my <laughs> stuff in. Because <laughs> I had I had a bunch, of, like I had a, uh, a, or I still do have a copy of Lufia, the whatever ruins game that's sealed. So like I can't. I should have bought that from you. That's all right. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Jason, I wanted, should get my silent. Hill Jason wanted to be. He was like, oh, let me grade it first. Instead. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, well, it's kind of pleasure. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to ask, did you see the, uh, so the, the newsletter you referenced for analog with the emulators thing? Did yes. You, uh, could, you, could you later on send me a link to that? Yeah, sure. Do you have any? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton of stuff about it. it, it like, I think it happened on Wednesday. Just they released that firmware and that jailbroken. So if you want uh, one and I'm you are s- interested, I would seriously put yourself on a list for it now. They're still taking orders, but it'll be like next Christmas. 
mine is slated for Q4 of this year. There was a guy that was selling one there for 400 bucks. Yeah. It was used, obviously, but mine is wow. mine slated for Q4 of this year. So it could be, you know, October through December sometime. Did you go for black or white? I think I went white. Okay. Yeah. Which, I would have sold you mine because I can wait. But yeah. you wanted a white one, so. I do. I mean, Ben can tell you his sealed one that he's never going to use. He's never going <laughs> to use that thing. <laughs> All right, right, guys. Well, I got to bounce. It has been an absolute pleasure. I'll be back at some point. You guys are playing Dark Souls this year, right? At some point, yes. Woo. Maybe I'll come and hang out with you for that. Yeah, we'll do that. I'll talk to you later. See you, dude. Thanks, Goodbye, Zach. All right, guys. Should we? This has been a long time coming. um, And I, I couldn't be happier to be getting this out of the way. I think we've all been reluctantly marching towards this inevitable show um, that we were originally excited for, but no longer are. We played Brutal Legend. We did. And I think the best thing I can say about it, Eric, is when I did the box art, I changed the rating to S for shite. I was right. You were. <laughs> you Spoilers. None of us liked this game. No, no full disclaimer. No. I like the start of this game. I like the premise of this game. I like the way it's presented. I like, uh, but in terms of gameplay, I think it's rubbish. I freaking loved the beginning of this game. Yes, it's amazing. Like the the, the menu thing with Jack Black, yeah. like where he goes yeah. to the record store and he picks out the record. And then it's like the menu screen of this game is literally looking through like a record sleeve. Yeah. And he takes it, he opens it up and he pulls all the different bits out and it's really cool. And aesthetically, and the idea behind this game, it's like 100% double fine Tim Schafer, like at the peak of their thing. And then yeah. they decided to ruin it by making it an RTS game. And to this day, it still baffles me. If they turn this into a full open world RPG action adventure game, amazing. It would have so- been fantastic. The, the combat system is, I guess, let me back up. When this first came out, I was super pumped for it because of Psychonauts. Great. We're finally getting another Double Fine game. It's going to be open world. It's going to be awesome. I'm not really into heavy metal, but I like Jack Black. He's, I, I think, he's a very unique comedian, and he's not everybody's style, but I yeah. really, really like Jack Black. Uh, you know, tenacious D style comedy and music. I could get behind it if it's if it's the right artist. And he brings a certain flair to uh, heavy metal and he's not serious about it. It's, yeah. it's that very tongue in cheek approach to metal music. But he's also really freaking good. Yeah. So like, yeah. great. I think this is unique where we have a, a very well known. They couldn't have picked a better person to lead a game about metal yes. music because Jack Black is kind of the embodiment of that double fine style of humor. I'm like, great, this would be awesome. And I don't know why I didn't pick it up in the day. And I think at the time, um, people were also kind of giving it that negative review of it being an RTS. And I think that that kind of put me off it. And and I never actually picked it up. So when I did finally pick it up, I was hook, line, and sinker right off the bat. This is this is freaking fantastic. And you get into the combat and the combo systems. And it got a little off-putting when you when you could start recruiting the headbangers and you could control them <laughs> around. But I could yeah. give that a pass because do you guys remember an old PS3 game um, called Overlord? 
Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. It was very similar to that where you were you were this overlord and you could control these different colored minions to go out and do certain things. You were controlling a squad of people around you. It was it was kind of neat. You could do yeah. that. And had they stuck with that, like that's all the further they had taken it would have been totally fine. But about four hours in. It's no exaggeration. It flips into a full on RTS game. Suddenly your main character grows these demon wings and you can fly and you're doing this top down view of this battlefield. And the concept is really neat where you have you have these these fan geysers that that pop out of the ground and you have fans who are listening to your music and you can recruit them and you have to prevent the enemy from tearing them down. But you're just zipping around the the, the map, just controlling people and telling them where to go. And it completely detracted from the overall enjoyment of the game i just For couldn't me, I, it I couldn't do removes it removes you from the the experience like of what you've done up until that point you know right you, yeah you've, it's like a, a complete genre flip essentially yeah. it's like it's kind of op- like i say open world rpg adventure and then it goes oh rts now really interestingly about this none of the marketing mentioned that this was an rts game no because all. they knew it would have tanked it yeah, so it's like, why did they do this? And did they mention it at all in the reviews? I didn't read uh, many of the reviews. I'm not sure about the reviews, but possi- I think that might have came out in the reviews. But They, like, they, they uh, did. Like, well, they mentioned what you do, but they didn't use the term like real, real-time real strategy. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the, the reason it would have been off-putting isn't because there's anything wrong with real-time strategy. I quite like some RTS games. It's the fact that it's like playing an RTS game on console is just not it's a very not accessible good. way to yeah, play. Yeah, I'm exactly games. with you, Tom. I can, I love Command and Conquer on a PC, but yes. playing it on PlayStation is just it's now, a ball ache. When we yeah. say you need RTS, a mouse. you need a mouse. You do. When we say RTS for this, it's it's not your typical drag your mouse, highlight units, collect, select them to go here. It's yeah. you're flying around and your vision, you then press a button to direct your troops to that area and where that, you know, where you're where you're looking. And then you can drop down onto the battlefield and fight alongside them. It's a neat concept. It's just horridly out of place for an open world adventure game, which the open world aspect of it too is a huge letdown because there's just hardly anything to do. You have this awesome vehicle that you can summon, which it, uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I got I got really annoyed having to do guitar solos to summon everything. Yes. It just I got quite liked it. I thought it was quirky. It reminded me of Wind Waker when you had to do all the different songs to mm. do certain things. But yeah, I, th- I think it, it's clunkier than it needs to be. I think if, for example, if they went back to it nowadays and they did turn it into a full blown like open world metal RPG, I think it would do really well. And they got Jack Black back and stuff, and they just went, yeah, the original, we did it wrong, let's do it again, and present it how it should have it's been. It's kind of the black the- sheep of of the Double Fine uh, repertoire. Yeah. It's, yeah I, it's, I, I really, really want to enjoy it. I love everything about it, apart from the RTS. Like... It just the music is great. Like I love heavy metal music and things like that, so it's just fantastic for me. Mm. Uh, and like they went all in on the aesthetics. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne is in this game. Yeah. Lemmy from Motorhead is in this game. <laughs> it's it's insane. <laughs> it's just it it's it's fascinating to me that they spent this amount of money to secure these types of people and then just not deliver. Yeah, especially yeah. when you have the team from Double Fine. But like, I don't think I've met anybody who's played Psychonauts who hasn't loved it. 
it's such a it's such a cult classic that's also blown up into everybody yeah everybody knows psychonauts and like you throw double fine's name on something and it's just gonna be good and for some reason brutal legend just isn't well, I thought I thought when we played it again for the show, because I remember back in the day, I remember when it swapped to the RTS, like thinking, what the hell's happened here? Like, why is it changed into this? And I thought, like, I'll play it again. I'll give it a fresh, like, perspective. But when I got to the RTS battles, I didn't mind them for a couple of them, but they get really regular. And it, it detracts from everything else that the game's built on until that point. Like, driving around in your car and just exploring the open world, you can do that, but... When you're doing the story, it's all RTS battles, and it's like it would. Yeah, why? Yeah. It, it made me not want to progress for the, down the golden path because I knew that I knew what was coming, and I, I I didn't have any interest in this game when it came out. I'll be honest, because I hadn't played Psychonauts uh, on the PS2, wasn't actually familiar with Double Fine until we did the first Psychonauts for this show. Um. So, and and. I didn't even know really what uh, much about Brutal Legend. I think actually the uh, the first time I got it was it was I think it was on PSN, uh, mm-hmm. PS Plus, on PS3. I think it was actually oh, yeah. given away, and I may have tried it. I I I often get it. This is going to sound really weird, but I get it mixed up with another game on. Like, I think it might have come out around the same same time called Vanquish. <laughs> I think it's completely different, uh, but. <laughs> I just seem to remember it coming out around the same sort of time. And uh, I didn't even know what Brutal Legend was. It was, it was mixed as to, as to what that game was going to be. And I don't recall any reviews going deep into the, uh, as I said, the RTS part of it. Um, so coming at it now and seeing how it does a complete flip, it feels like a bit... Um, like being subverted in the worst way, you know? Right. Yeah, like, it's the old bait and switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But there's no reason for it to do so. It's if they just kept with it, could have been something special, but mm-hmm. not And I had never it's... played it until I fired it up for the show. And I I guess I went into it expecting to hate it. Just because I I knew about the RTS aspect of it. You were already kind of at that point, Tom, you dropped off before I'd even started. Yeah. And when I when I fired it up and immediately fell in love with it, I'm like, surely these guys are wrong. And you weren't. But it's it's a very divisive game. If you talk to people about Brutal Legend, they're they're either on the I can't stand it or I freaking love it and you guys are wrong side of it. Yeah, it's I, I really want to like it. Like I like everything about it, but apart from the RTS stuff, it's I just think like I say, if it was modernized and this potential sequel could be made it's but, uh, uh, interestingly uh, i've just read that apparently tim schaefer said if psychonauts 2 sells well there is a potential for a brutal legend sequel uh, but they originally planned for a sequel to be made but it was in pre-planning but because it didn't sell well because probably of the rts aspect which word started to travel about no sequel was ever made well i think also with with the amount of budget that it would have been to have had you know, Jack Black and his voice and likeness and also like uh, all these other metalheads, I, I imagine the margins were like, okay, this game this game needs to do pretty well. You know, this game needs to sell. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, the publisher is going to be uh, wanting to avoid this like the plague because it's not 
uh, not getting electronic any returns. Art who published it. Right, right. And no, that's not going to work out, is it? That's, uh, that's really but, interesting. I didn't know this. Tim Curry voiced Diviculus. Oh, yes, <laughs> they spent money so even, on this game. Even more top tier voice talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this had budget. Where did this big budget for this game come from? Because like, what was the what was Double Fine's previous workings that would have like Psychonauts? Re- yeah, that's that's yeah. an interesting one. They must have well, just like so Psychonauts was still a commercial failure. So Double Fine yeah, was actually yeah, on yeah. the they were on the brink of bankruptcy, and yes. um, this game. Uh, nearly bankrupted them simply because it just didn't do well. Psychonauts was phenomenal. Just it, yeah, it just it, it came out well. at a time. Was it because Psychonauts was kind of a late PS2 game, right? It was yeah, 2005 or something, and you already had like Jack and Daxter and all these other like you know very stellar 3D platformers. I mean, that's just like the ultimate console of 3D platforming. Um. So uh, alongside you know other other like Nintendo and stuff, so uh, yeah, I, I I guess it just uh, it just fell flat. I don't know, I don't even I can't remember. I don't remember Psychonauts being uh, in Europe very very popular in Europe at all. I don't. I can't even remember seeing it until we yeah. discussed it for the show. To be honest, so yeah, it was yeah. not well distributed. But um, oddly enough, Brutal Legend was was actually set to be distributed as as sort of a uh, Guitar Hero style game. It was actually originally set to include the Guitar Hero controller support, but that actually got dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's ultimately what led to you know Double Fine said no, we don't want to do that, and that's what caused Activision to drop the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds it sounds like it went through a lot of different ideas and things like that, and at some point somebody went, let's make it an RTS, and they went. Yeah, let's do that. That's a bit different. And they should yeah. have instead slapped him around the head with a big wet fish and went, no, stop being silly. Sit down. So by the time Psychonauts had come out in the UK, the Xbox 360 console had already been released. Oh, geez. Yeah, so, it was destined for failure. Yeah. You know, like uh, people getting very excited about H- HD- HDMI and uh uh, was this OG Xbox? I thought it was 360. No, it's 360. No, this is, is Br- Brutal Legends 360. Yeah, 360 oh, okay. PS3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently uh, so the PS3 like, version was exceptionally broken. Maybe oh, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it, to the point where EA refuses to drop the money needed for patches. And if people complain, they just receive free copies of different EA games. No way. Yeah, and it's not even part of the EA on on demand games for PS3 because it's just so unbelievably broken. Wow. Yeah. But there was I a bit on um, backward compatibility on Xbox Game Pass on my Series X, and it actually played quite well. I think I just downloaded it from Game Pass. Yeah, it looked yeah. good. The sixty the sixty FPS mode was great. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that Double Fine recovered to where they are today, because off the back of Psychonauts not doing well and Brutal Legend being just Brutal Legend. Um, it's hard to imagine these days a studio releasing two games like that and then being able to continue. Jack Black yeah. loves those guys, though, because he was in Psychonauts too as well. Oh, yeah. I remember you guys telling me about that. He was Jack Black was in Psychonauts too? He was. I can't remember who he was, but he was definitely in it. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, who was he? Who was he? Oh yeah, he was the uh, the Psy King. 
Oh yeah, I still need to yeah. play that, guys. I you really that. do. I kind of want to replay it again. I need to finish it. I want to replay it again on the Series X because I played it on the PS4. Well, on PS5, the PS4 version, so it was not that next gen oh. 60 FPS ah, 4K. Okay. So I want to replay it. Dan, you didn't finish it. I, I I'm didn't surprised. Actually, I dropped off for something so much. It's I, an un. I, I just had so much to play at the time. I dropped off. It's so long. It's like 30 hours long. Yeah, it, it's surprisingly long. Whereas Psychonauts <laughs> One was like eight. And it's yeah. just chock yeah. full of stuff to do. It's it's fantastic. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I think this game just it could have been so much more. I personally don't care if we never see a sequel. I mean, yeah, I would like I would like a sequel as long as they did it right. I think it's wasted potential. I honestly yeah. think aesthetically and like with a unique gimmick, I think it's really cool. I really do. So there there is room for it. There is room for a. 3D action adventure with an emphasis on a, a genre of music. I mean, we, we see it a lot with um, synth wave and stuff like that, you know, like uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts and mm. other games where they, where the, the, the game is sort of centered around either a genre or type of, of music. And I love that stuff. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, and a lot of people, especially in gaming communities, love like rock and heavy metal music. So I think it, have, would have the potential to do well i don't know if it would be for me but i would for people who enjoy those kinds of games i would like to see it come to fruition so in short we are giving it not a hearty pip don't but yeah don't i'm just it. putting it down as wasted potential yeah could yeah. have been so much more it really could have been which is it double fine has always kind of been that studio where you know they can put out good stuff, and if they're given the proper time and finances, they can knock it out of the park. But they always feel like it always feels like they're on this uphill climb and just don't have the backing and support that they need, which is super, super unfortunate. Look at, they're at, at Microsoft Studio now, though. Yeah, well, hopefully that changes, but Microsoft has a tendency to buy studios and kill them. <laughs> Take them out the back and shoot them. Right. Still waiting for Rare <laughs> to do Banjo Banjo 3. 3E. Uh, I wonder if Jack Black loves them enough that he's like, here you go, guys. Here's a, here's a quick half a mil. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Just put me in your game somewhere. Just put me in the game. <laughs> Call it a day. Yeah. Um, Dan, do we have any questions from the community on this? God, we posted this on May 3rd. Did we? Guys, when was our last show? Why, I, man. We've been waiting to do this for a while. Like, Oh Jesus my God! Christ, like I'm sorry. <laughs> this, oof. So I was playing Brutal Legend, right? <laughs> and I got distracted by Power Wash. <laughs> and, I was, and then I started washing things, and Crystal came in and she says, "What are you doing that for? There's a table out back that needs a good scrubbing down, and here you are doing a lorry." <laughs> uh, that sort of actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> like genuinely she was like why are you doing this when you hate cleaning in the house i was like i don't know i don't know guys our last retro show was three months ago jesus this is We're our so second sorry, longest guys I'm, I'm so sorry we haven't been able to put out a show it's been a chaos moving uh busy you two bloody moving houses moving houses dan's got uh, dan's a businessman now yeah it's, boy it's been uh we're, we're, we're always trying to figure it out and, and get it so that our schedules line up mm. and moving it recording day to Saturday, it throws another mm. spanner in the works. Yeah. But honestly, uh, my, I'm sorry. My only this. fans page is just like, it's a, it's a full-time commitment. Right. 
Yeah. I think now that I'm I'm like 90% settled, Tom, you seem to be pretty well settled. Yeah. We should yeah. be. And once the girls get back into school in a couple weeks, it it like the, the routine should get back to normal. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're we're good. We're we're settled. I want now. to get back on the bandwagon. Yeah. I like wagons. And we can start with uh, a game that I think that we'll all hopefully enjoy. <laughs> What's yeah. That? We need a game to enjoy. That's yeah. the problem. We yeah. play something shite and none of us wants to play it and then we can't talk about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> none of us, so, in, in a rare occasion, none of us actually finished, so to my knowledge, Brutal Legend. No. Even I didn't. No. Uh, and even da- if Dan didn't, then we know it hasn't t- worked out very well. Um, I, tr- so, I tried multiple times, but then I, I got distracted by something else. You know, it's there, <laughs> it's there on the Xbox screen in the like brutal legend. Nah, I've got cars to clean. Yeah. So I, our next show will be a side quest show where we can talk about some of the more modern games that we've been trying out during this period of trying brutal legend and then just getting frustrated with it. Um, and then the next retro show, I, I can't remember what we're playing though. Do you remember? Oh, Eric? I can. And I'm quite excited about it. I Me hope too. it's going to be good. It's a Lost Planet. Uh, we oh, we should play Lost Planet one through three for one show. <laughs> yeah. Is it on you Game Pass? You can barely finish one game. Shut up. Yeah, it's on, it's on, yeah, it's on Game Pass. It's okay. not on Game Pass. I, yeah, I do is. remember this game. It's it not. was a bit of a flop. but I. It was, but it got good reviews. Yeah, I wonder if it was because it came out at the same time as Halo 3, maybe? I want to say it was very overshadowed. Uh, somebody listening would probably correct me on that, who remembers better than All right, my so memory. All right, so May 11th, but... 2010. I think Halo 3 was a couple of years before that. Okay, maybe uh, maybe it was... Yeah, Halo 3 was then. 07. Oh, jeez, we're old. I, do, I don't think I've played original Lost Planet. I think I've played Lost Planet 2. It was Dan cool looking. Like all sequel. I remember was you were a third person in a snowstorm, and you know, like yeah. I don't know. It was. I'm excited to try it because there's monsters with big glowy orange bits. That's all I remember. It. Hopefully, it's like Gears of War, but not terrible. Yeah, you hush War, your mouth. You hush your mouth. Gears of War co-op was really fun. I'll, it I'll was. have to say the first. Three what games I'm kind of hoping for is it's it's a third person style Dead Space. That's a little bit more fleshed not more fleshed out but it's, like it's not, not it's more arcadey than dead yeah space. so that's yeah. the word i was looking for more arcadey style dead space instead of horror focused oh, faster okay. pierced oh i wonder mm. if it's gonna play like um binary domain mm, a little but i would say because it's faster. a capcom game yeah mm. i remember yeah. it being quite like fluid and not like not like brilliantly fluid but like quite fast paced um, so I do have some, we do have some questions for Brutal Legend, by the way. Okay. Uh, Lee Smith said, I dropped this game soon after the tower defense stuff got introduced. Really didn't care for it at all. And it was a shame as I was enjoying it up to that point. Any other games come to mind that you dropped after a sudden change in gameplay? Oh, I should have thought about this question before. That's, I... that's a damn good question. This is the only one that I can think of that changed genres midway through. For for me, I I would drop games, and I can't think of an example right now. But if there's like a lot of RPGs have a horrible section where it's just like a massive puzzle or something like that. I I never I didn't drop uh, necessarily Final Fantasy X, but there was like those um, sphere trials. Is that what they were called? 
Oh do, yeah, do, the, do you remember the, those? Yeah, yeah. there were yeah, moments yeah. where I would drop that game for a month because I hated those stupid puzzles. Um, but then I obviously came back to it because of the, the 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 Final Fantasy name would pull me back. But for for a new IP that I'm trying out, that would be enough for me to be like to drop it completely. And I'm trying to think right now. There are games though that do a that that do it really well. I'm I'm thinking back to the Chronicles of Riddick. I can't remember if it's the first mm-hmm. one or the second one, but it kind of shifts from a puzzle game at the beginning, and then there's stealth sequences and then FPS sequences. But it does it very seamlessly, and it's not a hard cut. And they all kind of are that they intertwine very nicely. And like open world action to RTS is just too much of a of a shift. Yeah, yeah, it is. I. What about the messenger? That completely switches halfway through. Does it? It it does. It does. Mm-hmm. And that. But well, was beautifully done. Yeah, it was. What did it switch to? I don't remember. Is it eight bit to sixteen bit? Eight bit oh. to sixteen, and then from linear to Metroidvania. Okay. You, yeah. You've turned them off already, Tom. Uh, you you lost me at Metroid. <laughs> what about Vaney? Vaney? I love Vaney. <laughs> I'm trying to think of games where the actual gameplay switches, though, like more specifically, not something that I've been frustrated with or something that's coming that it's like a huge obstacle. And it's thankfully yeah. it's not a common thing because I mean that involves a lot of budget because suddenly you need programmers that are more. A, that work with that other genre. And also the engine has to be malleable enough. You know, a lot of these proprietary engines are like made for certain genres. Uh, you think about the, uh, I forget which engine it was. Was it the Frostbite engine for like Battlefield? And then they tried to make FIFA work in the Frostbite engine. And it was apparently like really horrible. You know, trying to cram a sports game into a, a, a an engine made for shooting. Mm. Um, so I, I'm trying to think. I, I'm guessing not, just give the football players more guns, Tom. Well, that's it. That, there you go. That's what if I if, if I'd worked in that team, I'd thrown my tools in the air and been like, guys, new idea. <laughs> FIFA, FIFA extreme. Up. Yeah, <laughs> FIFA, FIFA extreme. <laughs> well, that's really edgy, Tom. FIFA yeah, X nineties extreme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Dalton Sutor says what's a game you think Jack Black would be a fantastic voice actor in could be any game any character Mega Man Mega Man Sonic uh, I would quite I think he'd do quite well in Ratchet and Clank Final Fantasy something 8 ridiculous yeah as an antagonist in Ratchet and Clank yeah I think that would be awesome um Shit, yeah, I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've ever seen him or heard him voice of a villain, and I think that would be awesome. Um, because he's got a bit, I don't know, yeah, go on. Dalton also says, what's a game you've always wanted to do for the show, but just never have? My vote would be a summer of factory-sealed Oblivion episodes. Yes. Dalton, if you played Oblivion, we'd never, <laughs> ever stop. Or Morrowind, uh, one of the two. My guess for Dan would be the lo- uh, be Lost Odyssey. Yes! <laughs> yes 100 percent. i was trying to think of one that's it you're right no let's do the oblivion one no lost odyssey i'm and still not over choosing grandia mine is uh mine is my answer is star ocean the second story yeah um i think we'd all love that by the way 
just for the record. I, I miss long. summer RPG guys. Yeah. I know. I'd like to do Rogue Galaxy. We have done it. You guys no. did Rogue Galaxy. No. We Dan have just... definitely done Rogue Galaxy. Yeah, you and Dan both did it. Did we? You yeah. just played <laughs> yeah. it throughout the course of the year. We didn't do it as a show game because I didn't did play it alongside you. We definitely done a Rogue Galaxy show. Yeah, uh-uh. you guys did a show. No, you just played it and it became one of your games of the year. We did not play it for the show because I did not play it again. Are you sure? 100% positive. He doesn't know. He's, he's floundering. If we've done it for oh. a show, I will I will bet you $100. Now nah, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. that's, how, that's how confident I am that we have not done I get, it I go up game. to two shekels. That's me limit on I that. will bet you one gilded farthing. Um, you might be right. I am right. Next change. Uh, <laughs> Hesley Haddy has got two questions, as always. Looking at the video reviews, they didn't include the RTS parts. Do you have any other games where you're surprised on the gameplay after seeing footage of it? Do you have any other games where you were surprised on the gameplay? No. Do you want to all speak at once? <laughs> there you go. I was just saying, I just found it. Retro, no, episode 79, Rogue yeah. Galaxy. No. Yeah, I just found it. We didn't do it as an act. Like, I didn't play it. Yes, you did. I think did. Dan was. No, I didn't. D- Eric, I you've been on every I show. You, you would have been I on didn't there. play it, though. That was just Dan talking about it. <laughs> no. Why is the description not showing up in Spotify here? Did we not copy the description over? I think this. Anyway, to get back to Hesley's point, I think there's probably been loads of games over the years where the. The, the whole point of trailers is to sell you on a game and they kind of show the best bits. So the gameplay footage is not necessarily reminiscent of the final product. Mm. But yeah, I think of any. It's it's all. Yeah, I, I, I think back to like when we were talking earlier about the, the, the hilarious box art of the 80s and 90s and then the game looking like completely different. It just it's trying to you're trying to sell sell the image right you're trying to sell the, the the game and do whatever it takes to get people to buy it and try it and trailers are all part of it it's all part of marketing to get uh, mm-hmm. now obviously you don't want, you don't want to be dishonest with uh, with the game but you can definitely bend the bend it to your will a little bit. Here's a, here's a couple for you. What about um, Metal Gear 2 when all the things showed that you played a snake and you ended mm. up being riding for most <sighs> of the game? Yeah, that was a really That cool was deceiving. Subversion. I remember being upset about that. I remember being upset too, actually, for like a brief period and then riding kind of, kind of grew on me. But then being really, really enjoying it. What about when they first showed the very first Watch Dogs and it looked incredible and then it was... Yes. Oh, Watch Dogs 2 came out and it became super rare. Yeah, yeah, it's like so rare. Yeah. All right, Anthem, Anthem, that tanked massively. Which one? Anthem. Oh, God. Yeah. No Man's Sky. I was thoroughly disappointed with No Man's Sky. Yeah, but that game is the tits now. It's the tip of every nipple in the galaxy. Full credit to them. They completely turned it around. But when it first came out, it was boring as hell. Yeah, it was real bad. That's one of the few games that I actually felt bad about convincing you to buy. Uh, oh, you convinced me to buy it, did you? I did, and then yeah. All right. I 
me, I took it back to trade. I've never traded games and I took it back to trade in the next day because I was like, I've seen everything this has got to offer. It was bad. <laughs> Damn. It was bad. So, all right, guys. Um, I think I think that's that's all I've got for today. It's a gosh darn wrap. It's a gosh darn wrap. Another year of MoCon under our belts. Tom, you're going to come next year. It's been decided. Dan, you're going to come next year. It's been decided. There is absolutely no point in me coming to MoCon. Yeah, I would just stand there and go, why are you spending money on this? You could just have <laughs> you could have a megaphone and just walk around at everybody who hands over cash for an expensive game. But why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, no, just stand at the, in the corner with the megaphone and just keep repeating, games are meant to be played. Games are meant to be played. <laughs> get, get a little placard and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of you leave. You've got games to play. <laughs> so it's got a picture of me opening a game on the black yeah. <laughs> yeah. let's make it happen yes just wearing my own face with but why but why on my shirt I still have that shirt it's one of my favorites so alright um, next episode will probably be a side quest just talking about shit stuff games things and then we're gonna Followed up with uh, Lost Planet. Yeah. And remember, kids, when you go to a hotel room, always check for a shit in the sofa bed. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Samuel Chun, Miles Prower, John Weaver, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Thomas McGrew, Phil Gartside, Richard Cutris, Jason McGill, Mark Marcheshi, Colin Neblo, Dalton Suter, Juliet Breslin Romano, Gus Robin, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Hesley Hattie, Cody Halverson, Cheaper Gamer, Johan Vickerborn, Robert True, Julian Santuki, J.H., Thomas Roderick, and Kevin Loth.